0: and welcome to today's podcast it is tuesday may the 30th 2023 and um hey yeah yeah it's the day after memorial day so i hope you enjoyed your memorial holiday yesterday um took some time to uh to reflect and uh relax and um But more importantly, a moment or two to reflect on the the significance of the day um, and um, reflect on those who gave the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom in this country. It's always a discussion every time. I think people are finally starting to get it, the difference between all of the different uh, patriotic holidays. You know, that Memorial Day is distinct from Veterans Day, distinct from Armed Services Day. And, uh, you know, Memorial Day is specifically for those who've fallen in um, the line of duty, Uh, those who've fallen uh, in service to our country, Armed Services Day for all those military active duty personnel, Veterans Day, those who've uh, served in the military. and so I know sometimes they just kind of get washed all together. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, just the wanting to honor all of our military, uh, but they do have a specific focus. And um, and so yesterday obviously was the uh, the day to remember those who, given the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives and uh, in the in, um, in active duty service and um, their families. And so, yeah, yesterday I was uh, honored to be able to offer the invocation, the opening prayer at the Memorial Day service over in Oldsmar at Veterans Park. Uh, really, really appreciate the job they do there. They do a really good day, job with the, uh, the that celebration. This is the second or third year I've done it, um, and just really impressed with the, the, the ceremony they put on there. They do a, just an, an, a very nice job. Uh, it's very, um, very thoughtful um, very, uh, just, uh, it's, it's just done well. I mean, um, you know, as I was, uh, as I was leaving, um, I just, I was, I was really grateful, of course, grateful for our country and for those people who, um, offered their lives, um, for our freedom, but thankful that there are Honestly, thankful that a pastor—not <laughs> just not even just that it's me, but on a, although I felt honored, I feel there sometimes in opportunities like that I feel honored. It's like wow, you know, to be able to, you know, to be able to to participate in a meaningful way in that kind of ceremony is such an honor, really is. And I was, but I was specifically grateful by the idea that pastors are still welcome. Invited to the table, in in moments like that, at least in some places. So I was just thankful for Oldsmar and the and the uh, the people who organized the event to to extend an invitation for prayer. Um, to call out to the Lord and ask for His presence to be there at a uh, at a civic celebration. And you know, different people have different opinions about you know doing public, uh, civic invocations. My my posture is to take the opportunity, um, and to you know inject the themes of Christianity, the uh, without being overtly offensive to those who may not be Christian, you know, um, but using it as an example of witness to see the kind of hope and peace and perspective we get from Jesus. Um so for example, um I I closed the prayer, you know, I didn't say and in the name of Jesus we pray because out of respect for those in the audience there may not be there may be some there that aren't Christians. There may be some Jewish folks there, there may be uh, some non-religious people, I don't know, others. But I closed the prayer um in the name of the one who gave his life for our ultimate freedom, Amen. Now, if you're if you're not a Christian, you may or may not know what that means. <laughs> Maybe it'll intrigue you, but as a Christian, you know what that means. Um, but I, I just, uh, just in short, I just, I just was grateful, grateful for the opportunity to. Uh, to pray in a civic organization civic uh, gathering like that civic ceremony national ceremony um, or commemorating a national holiday and I'm just thankful thankful that that's still a you know I know I know not every place is probably going to be as um uh, as hospitable to um to Christian prayers um but I'm thankful that we live in a state and in the city and they're in towns that um still make room for that safety harbor is the same way prayed many many times at the uh the commission the city commission meetings um and likewise have been very hospitable and they're very grateful um probably because they don't want to have to do it (laughs) no but they don't have to i mean you could you could strike that from the agenda you could um you know do something different but they uh they keep it in there and i and i'm very very thankful for that and i you know with our with our world just not to become too ominous, but with our world drifting further and further and in some sense in some ways in some places more um, antagonistic against the christian faith i I find myself becoming more grateful for these opportunities, and I realize that they aren't guaranteed um, there's no guarantee and so um, you know there's um there's definitely a a uh, a organized attack on Christian faith. Um, it has been forever, right? Since the beginning, since Jesus uh, built the church and declared it is finished. There's been an uh, an onslaught of darkness against the church, and that's not going to stop. And so, so I'm thankful when there's still uh, light and people who uh, make room. And so, um, yeah. So I hope um I hope I represented the Lord well. I hope it was uh you know that it represented Jesus well and that it uh, was an encouragement to people who maybe don't even had faith but they were like it 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 drew them closer somehow to the Lord. And that is why I take the honor. That's why I feel like it's an honor to do it. Um because the opportunity to touch people's hearts and Draw their attention to God when maybe no other time they draw their their focus is on God, um, but to see Him as a uh, the giver of life, the comforter, the um, the shepherd, um, the sustainer of all things, the judge, the righteous one, uh, the one who gives freedom. Uh, we can point people. <laughs> Any chance to point people to the one who is the source of all of those things. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. So anyway, this, I don't know. I just took almost 10 minutes right here. Just reflecting on that, but it was on my heart yesterday. Just as I left, I was just really, I just turned off the radio and just lifted a, a prayer of praise to God for that opportunity. Um, a privilege, just a privilege. So, uh, and again, kudos and shout out to uh, Oldsmar for a fantastic event, uh, tastefully, respectfully um, done with uh, with excellence. So, shout out to the to the city, uh, the people at the city of Oldsmar. All right, we're we're in the Book of Acts today, Acts chapter eighteen. I'm so bummed we didn't get to read Acts seventeen yesterday. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, but um, to stick with our reading plan. 18 is what we'll cover together today, but 17 is awesome and um just commend that to you as uh, uh, Paul's preaching in Acts 17 is a uh, is just a textbook for uh for preaching in um and sharing the gospel in uh un um you know what I'm just gonna do it guys. I'm just gonna do it. I'm going to, you know, for the sake of time, I'm going to drop down to Acts 17 um, verse, because it kind of really relates to what we were just talking about, you know, Acts chapter 17. I'm going to begin reading at Acts 17 verses uh, 16 and following. So, um, yeah, so, so, uh, you know, if you want to read ahead on 18 your own, feel free to do that. All right, here we go. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with both Jews and God-fearing Greeks, as well as in the marketplace day uh, day by day with those who happened to be there. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers began to debate with him. Some of them asked what is this babbler trying to say so you here you see Paul um, going to the synagogue um, sharing the gospel with God-fearing Greeks and Jews uh, but he also went to the marketplace uh, went to just where people did business went to the place where people you know bought their groceries and conducted their business affairs uh, trade and he uh, engaged in some uh, Epicurean and Stoic philosophers, and uh, you know who um, saw themselves as wise and understanding of the way uh, the world works. Um, Epicurean and Stoics had different ideals about like what what constituted um, the highest state of being. Uh, The Stoics were generally uh, a conquering of pleasure, like you know, you just learn to learn to overcome your pleasures to be uh, stoic. (laughs) Epicureans were, you know, you go all in, (laughs) you go in. Pleasure is the highest good, so you seek the highest pleasure. So these basically, they're kind of they're very different in their approaches to uh, the highest, uh, the highest good. But some of them asked, what is this babbler trying to say? Others uh, remarked, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. Then they told him and brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus. This was a a group of uh, Greek philosophers and thinkers, and uh, they they considered new ideas. They were the ones who were sort of a council of people who, Considered these new ideas and uh, theories and philosophical uh, speculations, they would they they would hold an audience. They would be the audience uh, to those uh, thoughts and basically weigh in on whether they were uh, worthy or not. So they he they he set up a meeting with the they he was brought to the Areopagus where they said to him, "May we know what?" may we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting you are bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we would like to know what they mean all the athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking about and listening to the latest ideas so they just all they did they just you know just pondered the latest you know just mind calisthenics is all they did just a lot of mind just mental calisthenics all the time playing mind games these chasing these uh, philosophical rabbits all over the place you know these different ideas and theories and they really never amounted to any kind of functional purpose but they just they did it all the time so paul then stood up in the meeting of the areopagus and said people of athens I see in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. So you are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. Wow. So Paul takes the opportunity. First of all, you notice that Paul, when he goes into the city, he's observant. And whenever we want to share the gospel, we have to be observant. Like, find those ways of entry, not to, not because they're there. <laughs> Sometimes it takes days and maybe months even to discover what are those entry points of the gospel in this environment, in this person's life. So, like yesterday at the Memorial Day service, like obviously there's a there's a need for uh, consolation. There's a need for uh, peace. There's a need for comfort. Uh, there's also a need for hope. There's a need for um, meaning. You know, if someone gives their life, y- y- there's a search for meaning in that. Like, I-, I want my life to be given for something that matters. Um, there's a hunger for, um, even in our country, there's a hunger for peace. Like, we're so divided. I prayed, prayed for that yesterday specifically, uh, that we would be mended. But but there's a there's an awareness. Everyone is aware that this our country is broken. I mean, we're so divided. So there's points there that that are that, exp, that that there's a shared human need and a desire for perspective, a desire for truth, a desire for hope, desire for um, some sense of um, purpose behind it all. And so. Paul, when he walks into Athens, he's Athens, he sees all of these pagan gods. And he notices that there's one that is to the unknown God. So there's they they want to make sure they don't miss any. So they make one that they to the unknown God. In case we missed one, here's one for this one. And so Paul says, You are which he 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 basically says this. Since you've made a monument to the unknown God, you've basically acknowledged your ignorance, that there that you're you're saying that there could be a God out there that we don't know. And so we're making a, an, a monument for him. And so Paul says, uh, so you're ignorant of the very thing you worship. <laughs> and this is what I'm going to pray to you. Paul says, I'm going to tell you about this unknown God. You're right. There is an unknown God. You don't know him. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about who he is. Um. And I think that's what those are those that notice Paul does not start with scripture. In the synagogue, he would start with the Bible. You know what the Bible says. And the people, if you're in the synagogue, that works. Because in the synagogue, everyone believes the Bible. They accept the Bible as authoritative. So when Paul went to this to the to church, as it were, he told church people, Look, I want to show you from your scriptures why Jesus is the fulfillment. Of the scripture, and that was a an effective way to lead people to Jesus. But how many of you know in the marketplace that won't work? In a civic organization, or civ- even a civic meeting, you say now the Bible tells us, well, you just split the co- you just split the crowd in half, because half the crowd believes that the Bible is inspired, the other half does not. So uh, by us by, uh asserting that the bible says it and therefore it's true now you and i as christians we believe that but we're not everybody (laughs) and if and in terms of evangelistic focus when the when the objective is to lead people to jesus not to offend them right off the bat see some people don't get this some people think the object of christianity is to just tick people off right from the get-go like just to be offensive as possible and you leave feeling like you did something uh awesome when actually you've pushed people further away from god that's why for example in those gatherings unless i feel led i don't i don't pray in the name of jesus i mean i do because in my heart i'm praying to jesus and i'll refer to him in different ways but my point in that is evangelistic it's not i'm not teaching sunday school i'm not leading in my church i'm in i'm an invited guest into a community gathering. So I'm going to talk about Jesus, and you're and if you know, you know. <laughs> but I'm not going to just overtly offend people and push people away. My hope is that through this prayer, through being a representative of Jesus, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, somebody in there, their heart might be softened. They're like, you know, um, I'm interested. I'll give you, I give, I'm going to go over a little bit, but I'm going to tell you the story real quick. So before they even started, I was out there just looking at the water. It's a beautiful park. So veterans parks is right by the bay. So I'm looking at the water before it starts and this guy comes up, his name is Tim and we start talking and he's, he's been, he's from this area, but he's moved away to Colorado. He moved back. So we're just chit chatting. And, um, and so, you know, long story short, get to know each other. And, um, he said, um, it looks like you must be part of the service. You're pretty dressed up. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm doing the invocation this morning. Uh he's like, Oh, are you like a pastor or something? Yeah, I was like a pastor, actually right over the bridge there, Bayside Church. Yep. Oh, oh wow, that's awesome. He's like, Well, I, you know, and that's usually how it goes. Oh, okay, well, I might visit sometime. <laughs> okay. And he says, Well, I'm gonna let you go because I know you probably want you're gonna get your thoughts together, whatever, before the invocation. I was like, Yeah, that's fine. Yep, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and so so here's a guy. Um, as far as I know, he doesn't really go to church. He seemed to be open to spiritual things for sure, but didn't really go to church. Didn't really, yeah, I don't know what his relationship with Jesus is. So he said, you know, but I think I'm going to stay for those, for those, for the service and, uh, for the, yeah, for the service. And so, um, maybe I'll see you after, think like, it will be great. So, uh, you know, sort of after the service, I saw Tim and Tim said, man, I really, really appreciated your prayer. And, um, uh, I think you're going to see me. I think you. I think you'll see me at church. <laughs> you know, and I don't know if I will. I mean, he might have been just being kind. He sounded genuine and sincere, though. But at at the least, it brought him closer to Jesus, even if it's a millimeter, and that's worth it. Whereas I could have come out there with guns blazing. First of all, I probably wouldn't have been invited back. <laughs> but secondly. I would have I would have comforted the ones who already agreed with me and I would have offended everyone else. You know, sometimes we preach so hard to our choir that we don't realize that we're alienating everyone else in the room. Come on somebody, you can preach so hard to your choir that you alienate everybody else in the room. That happens on Facebook all the time. <laughs> you know, the the only people liking the stuff on, that you put out there are the people who already agree with you. <laughs> so anyway, I know, i got to learn that lesson too. Anyway, so let's finish it with Paul. Here we go. Um, so Paul's going to tell them who the God is that they don't know. Verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and he does not live in temples built by human hands, and he is not served by human hands, as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man he made all the nations. They should that should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out for appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. So he pointed, see. He, so did you know that God has you where he wants you? You live where you live. He knew you'd live there. Watch this. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him though he is not far from any one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Interestingly enough, that's a quote, you can talk about it right here, it's one of their poets. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. So Paul, instead of quoting religious, or or, uh, the, the Hebrew Bible, he's quoting pagan prophets to lead people to Jesus. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, we should not think, that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image made by human design or skill. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. See, he has not mentioned the name of Jesus yet. When they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered, but others said, we want to hear you again. Here's the thing. He never mentioned the name of Jesus, but by the way, he presented the gospel here. If you know, you know, tying into their felt needs and perspectives and understanding where they're coming from. Listen to what some of them say. When they heard this, some of them sneered. Yeah, some of people are going to, you know, sneer and mock, but watch this. Some of them sneered, but some said, we want to hear you again on this subject. We're interested. We're leaning in. You said something that we haven't heard before. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people, watch this, became followers of of Paul and believed. Among them were Dionysius, a member of the Areopagus, a very person on the council, became a follower of Jesus. And a woman named Demarius and a number of others. Man, (laughs) how fitting. (laughs) You know, I was not going to read it, but it's so fitting. With this conversation. Know your audience. Know where you're at. Know where they're coming from. The first rule of communication is understanding who you're talking to. It's not, what do I want to say? Most people think the first rule of communication is, what do I want to say? Well, the first rule of communication is, who am I talking to? Understanding your audience. In biblical studies, we call it exegeting your audience. Who are they? Where do they come from? What are their desires? What are their perspectives? Same thing in your office, same thing in your workplace. Same thing in your in the people that you interact with, your neighbors. Who are they? Before I have something I want to say, what do I I need to know who they are? Then, secondly, what do I want to say? And then third, how do I say it? Given who they are, given what I want to say, what is the best way to say it? That's wisdom. That's wisdom. And the goal then is not that a massive amount of people get saved right there with my with the speech, but that people lean in, that they want to hear more. Some actually might come to Christ, but some will just be a little more interested. Some will snare. You got to be willing to accept that. But um, but that's the uh, Paul gives us just a great test, a, a great uh, text here on sharing the gospel to pagan cultures. Man, we would do wise to study Acts 17, read it over and over and over for guidance. Well, thank you guys so much for being on today. I didn't even say thank you or anything today. I don't know if I even said thank you for being here. I don't know if I, I didn't even say we read, we pray, we change the word. Man, I am so off point today, but hopefully this was helpful to you. And um, thank you for being a part of it. Love you guys. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the privileges that we have to bring the presence of the Holy Spirit and the truth of the gospel into each and every circumstance that you open the door to. So help us to be good stewards of that opportunity. God, we pray that hearts would be drawn to you. Lord, I pray for my friends today. I pray that you'd bless them and encourage them and strengthen them. Shine your love abroad on their hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, my friends. Thank you so much for being on. I went a little over today, you know, trying to stay at 20 minutes maybe a little over that today but hope it hope it was time well spent for you thank you so much for being together we'll be back at it tomorrow uh we'll jump over to acts chapter 19. read 18 on your own hey go for it if you read 17 it was just a a recap for you so all right you guys have a fantastic tuesday that feels like a monday because yesterday was memorial day but enjoy your day we'll be back at it tomorrow we'll see you then god bless